You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Chris, I'm the host, and tonight I am joined by John and hopefully Andy as well. Hi guys. Evening. Evening, Chris. Yeah, there we go, right. We've been having a bit of technical difficulties with Andy tonight, so uh, if he drops off the call, that's what it is. It's a dodgy Wi-Fi connection or something. Put it down to the shoddy Highland internet connections. It's uh, always always a struggle. Tends to be okay normally, but uh, tonight's just been a little bit temperamental. Here's, here's hoping so. Well, hopefully you can stay on, because there's a, a one or two uh, topics of uh, Highland origin to talk about tonight, because we've got... Uh, among other things, the Scottish Cup second round. There's a few decent results for Highland teams in there. And we do, of course, have the League Cup Highland Derby coming up on the, live on the, the telly box Tuesday night. So that's uh, tomorrow, as we record, or probably today by the time you listen to us. Or it might even be played by the time you listen to us. Who knows? But uh, we'll, we'll start off with where we were at the weekend. And as always, we'll mention the charity bet first. And uh, unfortunately, nothing won for us because. Although uh, Hamilton did manage a bit of a comeback with 10 men, the, the, the one each draw is scuppered us. Uh, Green at Martin and Albion Rovers were the winners, both winning 1 0 though. And the first goal scorer bet was uh, sadly defeated thanks to uh, Derek Lyle not getting the first goal, but it was uh, Dale Hilson, a name well known in this podcast. Craig Craig's friend his mum. Yeah, Craig, Craig needs to have a word with his mum. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that <laughs> that's thinking of charity. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we may as well look at the, the lower leagues while we're here, because uh, Queen of the South, although they did get the first goal of the game, they got thumped 4-1 by Livingston. That was a bit of a shock. Yeah, Livingston second bottom of that league. Um, obviously, there was quite a lot made of what uh, what was perceived to have been you know, quite cynical play from them at Ibrox in midweek in the Petrofac Cup as well. Um, but, it's, it's uh, yeah. Pickles. Yeah, saw the saw the one in the first thirty seconds. Yeah, I'm, I'm, Gibbons, not, aye. I'm not surprised there was a bit of outrage over them because. Uh, aye, aye. <laughs> the certainly, the hoping he, them. certainly hoping he never learned that when he was playing for Aberdeen. Um, <laughs> but um, it was a shocker. Yeah, it wasn't even booked for it. No, I, I, I did hear a few more, uh, complaints about that as well. The fact that it was one of the ones because it was so early in the game, the referee seemed to let you away with it. I'm, I, yeah. I hate that. That really annoys me when referees don't. They, they think that you, you want referees to apply common sense somewhere along the line, but then when they do actually apply common sense, even then they're wrong. Because <laughs> you get what you, want, you get these challenges. We go, ah, you've just started the game. We'll bummy let you away with that one. It's like, no, apply the rules. I mean, was, well, that, that's right. Yeah, it was exactly the same. I was going to say it was exactly the same in the the Celtic game yesterday when like, they added like, one minute of added time because Celtic were five 0 up. When there was about six subs made. Right. Like, no, add on the three minutes what you're supposed to. I seem to remember an old firm game a few years ago where there was a really meaty exchange within the first ten seconds which probably should have merited. Yes, uh, yeah. Um, who was that again? <sighs> Pedro Mendes, maybe. No. No, I've got a feeling... Kevin that, Thompson. Was it Kevin Thompson? Maybe not. I can't... I, see, the one I remember, <laughs> was, it, was it Barry Robson? The first thing he did, yeah, that's a bell. Clash Should I not Barry Robson? You're having me on. I think it's a quiet point. 
Nah, you, 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 you seem to get these every so often. It's just the first thing that happens is somebody clatters and let them know they're doing it again. But uh, it's a Scottish football thing, I think. <laughs> never, never something I like to see. Uh, not even the one I've just mentioned, uh, Robson. Although it did help. Because <laughs> it was one of those games I think we went on to win and then that was the, the season we were... We were lagging behind and then eventually won the league in the last day of the season, 2007 08, I think. It was uh, Gordon Strachan's third league title in a row. So. That definitely rings a bell. Aye. But aye, it's, it's one of these things that seems to happen quite a lot in Scottish football and uh, probably shouldn't. And if the referees would apply the rules, it would probably help. So. No, I, th- I think I had to come out and agree with the, 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 the people that were talking about Ibrox, like Mark Warburton, and then obviously there was uh, a bit of a fall afterwards with Mark Burchill coming out to try to defend it. Mm. Which, um, mm. <laughs> I, I think his, his choice of language was a bit uh, suspect, which he had it to was, aye. He was kind of making reference to the fact that uh, we should be defending the, the Scottish player in that situation as opposed to the, you know, the English player who's not even signed to the club sort of thing. Quite a bizarre comment, you know, it, it, sort of thing that um, you know certainly wouldn't have been said had it been the other way around. Had it been, you know, the um, the Scottish player on the receiving end, but uh, yeah, you know, if, if it had been his his player, um, yeah, you know, being hurt by an English player, then um, I, I, I didn't really see for the for the nationality was relevant. But uh, no, no, it's, it doesn't see any relevance at all. So. Uh, I think just uh, lost uh, in uh, translation. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Well, because it was because it was always in speaking Vulcan or something. <laughs> speaking it, Livingston. Does anybody remember Mark Butcher was called Spock? No, was that just a Celtic thing? I remember, he, I remember he was a promising. He was a promising youngster. Yes, I remember he's a promising youngster. He may he, he may still hold the record actually of the uh, fastest ever European hat trick. <laughs> Three goals in about three minutes against Jeunesse Des in the first round of the UEFA Cup in 2000. Crikey. There you yeah. go. I was at the game, so that's how I remember it. It was, uh, it was pretty rapid, aye. But uh, aye, he never did quite make it as a, a Celtic striker. But then he did come in around about the time that Larson and Sutton and then later on John Hartson signed as well. So it was a difficult Celtic team to get in there. On the uh, subject of the championship, though, good result for Hibs at Wraith Rovers. Aye, that when Hibs going up there and winning like, against a team with a really good home record. So, Jason Cummins scoring again. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's been getting a score sheet of it, which is, is good. And, um, it's been, it's been a good... Sorry. I was going to say that followed up from uh, their, their win at Falkirk Stadium as well. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Um, really, really good week for them too. Away wins against you know tricky sides. Apparently, the pen- the there was questions about the penalty which Hibs got uh, against Falkirk. Uh, like the, the, Alan Muir, I believe we spoke about him last week. Uh, yes. He was a referee Celtic and never wasn't he given anybody a penalty. Decided to give Hibs a penalty for nothing. As far as uh, as far as I'm led to believe, I don't I haven't actually seen that. I must admit, but um, I was with a Falkirk fan on Wednesday afterwards, and he was uh, uh, he was livid, shall we say? <laughs> I'm sure you heard all about it. Then. Yeah, I did. So, uh, well, I, I I actually saw the game that Alan Muir oversaw at the weekend at Tynecastle and. Uh, I'll, uh, he was bucking the trend that he'd set previously in the week. I thought he had a very solid game in that one. Got all the the major decisions right, but uh, I'm sure we'll we'll move on to that later. Yeah, of course. Um, I, I, John, you were saying about uh, the big game coming up last week uh, on Sunday, aye? Easter Road, Hibs versus Rangers. Hibs are eight games unbeaten in the league. Obviously, aye. Rangers have yet to be defeated in the league, but I think Hibs could 
could cause him trouble. It looks like St Mirren caused Rangers a wee bit of trouble yesterday. Ah, it was, a, it was an odd goal yesterday. Which, ah, uh, gave me a line field. Aye, good old Kyle. fault for that, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, he pulled his hand out the way, thinking it was going wide. Oh, but it was an, yeah, it was an odd yeah. swerve on it, to be fair. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I can be quite critical of Jamie Langfield, but I think in that case, he, sh- he probably should have dealt with it as a benefit of doubt kind of thing, but I could understand why he was thinking maybe it was going wide, because it was one of those ones that looked like it was fizzing across the face of goal. No, uh, oh, I nestled in the, in the far side, and that was the only goal of the game, so like you say, Rangers 11 wins at 11 so far in the league. Hibs won the last eight, they are still eight points behind Rangers, of course, but... Um, Aye, I, 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 if Hibs could win that game, it would be it would certainly make things interesting a, a wee bit more than it is at the moment. I think if Rangers won that, we could just pretty much call it already. Yeah, uh, yeah, there probably wouldn't be much way back. But and I, uh, I think the, yeah. bad, the bad news is that the, the last time Rangers went east, they did hammer them six two in the mm. in the Petrified Training Cup. cup. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's the game early in the season on the league was quite even. I thought there wasn't much between the two teams. They gave oh, it the Ibrox. Yeah, 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 that's right. Well, Kilt Hibs were guilty of missing some really big chances that day, I, I remember. Um, you know, it was their own poor finishing that, that kind of left the game open. And then it was Tavernier that won it with a, a really good free kick, if I remember yeah. right. Um, aye, a quite a debatable free kick. Yep. Aye. But Warburton was saying that, that that game against Mirren at the weekend was, was the sternest test they've faced so far this season, so... Um, yeah, perhaps teams are maybe starting to become more aware of their, you know, their threat. They're maybe not so much of a surprise package anymore. Because uh, I mean, to be honest, I mean, a lot of their players would have been completely unknown to the to the league. So um, yeah, I fancy Hibs to to give them a right good game on Sunday. Well, I hope so because I'm pretty sure it's on the tail, isn't it? I can't see that. I can't see this game not being on the tail. Can't see it, it not being. Be, so yeah, that, that's we've got that to look forward to. Um, there's there's a wee bit of a gap opening up in the, in the championship actually because you've got well obviously Rangers have got that gap themselves, but you've got Hibs twenty five, Falkirk twenty one, Rangers twenty one, and then next is Queen of South and fourteen. So there's a good seven point gap between the the teams with the playoff places at the moment. So it's starting to look a wee bit. It's almost a wee bit unsurmountable at the moment, unless unless Queen of South can maybe put some sort of run together. But they've played a the game more. Uh, the the throw was already, mm, so that gap right. could be even bigger, depending on how the how them and, how it pans out. Them and Morton played a game a couple of weeks ago, didn't they? That was the only league game during yeah. a cup weekend, I think. Wasn't yeah, it, it was. Yeah, I think that was one of our Derek Lyle days. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, it was. That was the, the only the only game of the, the day it was a Queen's one nil win. That was uh, Derek Lyle. So that was that uh, was a good bit of betting. We may have to move on from Derek Lyle. I think so, this yeah. Week. We're probably, think... probably done with death, to be honest. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's that, that's the championship. There was a, there was a few games in League One as well. Uh, obviously, there was um, Air United seemed to be on a, a good run. A 1-0 one against Dennis Muir. That's um, keeping pace with uh, Don Fellman, who had a thumping win against Forfa. Uh, yeah, they looked really impressive. I noticed the, I mean, the crowd in that match was... Uh, very impressive as well, three and a half thousand, um, which yeah, obviously dwarfed everything else in that league. But quite a lot of crowds in the championship as well. It's, it sort of seems like Dunfermline are really kind of attracting the, the punters back to East End Park there. And um, you know, if they can go up with a plum this season, then they'll be a really big addition to the, the championship next next year. All I know is as well. I was just, I was just, I was it say, really it's good to see, it's, see, it's good yeah. to see given that the, the, the troubles the film have had over the last few years and then obviously the 
the, the fans buying up the club basically and uh, they're, now, they're now starting to back them with uh, bums and seats which is good so so uh, yeah more power mm-hmm. well, more favourite ownership all I noticed last week they've added Antoine Courier to their team as well to their squad have they? there was at Hamilton last oh, yeah. season aye I it all kind of remains a bit of a mystery as to why he left Hamilton really in January because mm. uh, you know he'd been playing quite well for them, scoring scoring goals and his departure along with that of Alex Neil and uh, um, Andrew, Andrew uh, had been obviously cited as a, a big part of their slump. But uh, no, obviously I'm sure he can certainly cut it, you know, very handsomely in, in that league. You would think so, yeah. Okay, so we'll, we'll move on to the last weekend. Or the um, Cowden Beef and Firmling game. Aye. Yeah. Uh, that should be a, a, an interesting one. Cowden Beef are struggling in that division, having come down just last season. Sitting in ninth at the moment. Now, no, I mean, Strand Arnold's Strand Dennis Moore are a couple of just a point ahead of him. And Peter Head are three ahead of him, so. It's, uh, yeah. But I mean, they are still ninth, so they're, they're four quid a break in here. Obviously, struggling even more, but it's, it's mm-hmm. not—it's not looking too great for Cowden Beef. It's not what they would expect to be, given they went down. Maybe they would, would expect to try and come back up, but they're getting a wee bit of a draft. Okay, shall we move on to the the, the Scottish Cup fixtures? Or, or John, do you even want to talk about Scottish Cup? Because um, I'll mention I, it. I know it was—I I know it was disappointing for your team. It was a bit of a mixed bag. Good weekend for the Highland League teams, I would say. Excellent weekend, yeah. Uh, the Lowland League, not so good, apart from with the exception of the uh, Cumberland Colts beating t- uh, Till, obviously 2-0. From, I wasn't at the game myself, I was working, but my, my father-in-law and quite a lot of other people I've heard talking about the game say basically Talbot just never turned up, never played well at all. And I even heard some people say they shouldn't even been paid for their performance on Saturday, that's how bad it was. But, Ouch. Right. Uh, there was a bit of problems at centre-back though, they were without their first-choice centre-back pairing. Um, they're a bit kind of short in that area so I don't think that's helped we were basically playing two centre-backs for probably about five foot nine so mm-hmm. um, I dare say Cumberland Colts probably got a bit of joy in the air with that so uh, over for our season it's a bonus though the Scottish Cup obviously mm-hmm. um, it'll be back to Junior Cup matters for Talbot this weekend they actually the Junior Cup was played this weekend but obviously Talbot missed out because we're in the Senior Cup so, <laughs> who, have you, who have you got in that then? Uh, Trent. Oh well, is that so, home or away? Away, yeah, so another away trip. So, yeah. I that's, that's hopefully back to winning ways they are. But I well, not good also. The juniors they ended up going through. Three one, yeah, Three one, yeah. By all accounts, it was uh, it could have been a wee bit more actually. I was speaking to a few, uh, well, speaking to another reporter who was at that game actually um, earlier on today, and um, I think Linlithgow were a were a quality side really um, on the on the day. I, I mean, I, I I didn't see anything other than a a rose victory in in that one, to be honest. Um, but other than that, it was a, a good day for the some of the Highland League teams. I was a good few. Certainly, two of the the Highland League teams were responsible for for the major shocks of the of the afternoon with uh, for Martin beating Clyde two 0 That's yep. um, 
I mean, which Barry Ferguson going to be writing about in his, his column this week? Rangers, probably. Yeah. Maybe well, m- 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 he needs to start concentrating on his own team rather than concentrating on Rangers, <laughs> to be honest, because that's, uh, <laughs> that's a disappointing result for there, certainly right there. But, uh, it um, is, yeah. I mean, uh, it's a strong for Martin team, right enough, and I'm sure they would fancy their chances against most um, League 2 outfits. Uh, I remember, I think it was maybe two, three years ago, and for Martin's first year in the, uh, well, what what used to be the the Ramsden's Cup, and now is the the Petrofac Cup. They mm. they went on a decent run where they beat East Stirling and they beat Elgin. Um, so they've they've shown themselves as being capable of beating league opposition in the past, and so it maybe wasn't so much a a surprise that they were capable of of doing it this time around against Clyde. But the the one that caught my eye was certainly Huntley. Um, a side who have who've struggled in the Highland League for the last couple of seasons, beating East Stirling, who, albeit, are you know down at the bottom of League Two, but they look to be right back on track again going into that game, having having beaten Elgin the the week before, two nil. Um, it really, if there was a Highland League team that was that was going to be, you know, likely to do the business against a. A league side, I wouldn't have had Huntley down as being one, but uh, by by the looks of things, they got two quick goals in the first half, and, and that's really where the game was won. So, oh, fair marks to them. Um, I seem they're... to remember early nineties. Huntley were a decent cup team as well. In yeah, fact, Huntley... I, from what I remember, Ross County were a decent cup team before they joined the league as well. Yes, aye. When about, when I mean, about Huntley, the same yeah. Huntley were a dominant force in the Highland League in the nineties. Um, they won five in a row um, under the management of Stevenson, who sort of went on Cal Aberdeen. Uh, two of them under Doug Rigby, who was uh, obviously uh, part of the, the Aberdeen team that won in Gothenburg, mm-hmm. and I uh, can't remember who the who the other who, who was responsible for the, the fifth title, but. Uh, no, they during that spell, I think they played Dundee United, who were then in the uh, the top flight, and they they ran them quite close. I seem to remember, but uh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I seem to remember that myself. Ran, ran them close, but didn't quite get the win. No, never quite made it. But yeah. uh, but Huntley were certainly the force in the north to be reckoned with in the nineties. Uh, they've they've kind of they've struggled to compete with a lot of other teams in their their cat. Area who who you know have a lot more financial strength and you know for Martin being one of them. Um, in fact, Patterson actually went back for a second spell as manager of Huntley, but but then for Martin um, managed to, to poach him from from Huntley, just with the, the promise of, of you know more financial kind of backing really yeah. and, and you know more of more of a budget. So. Um, yeah, they've they've kind of they're, they're almost a, a fallen giant of the the Highland League, but uh, you know results like that and on Saturday certainly promising for them, and uh, you know in their attempts to to get back to the, the glory days. It's good results as well for the Highland League teams against the Highland League teams. Was it Bucky Thistle yeah. and, and yeah, Bucky, Bucky came from behind. Behind. Yeah, uh, that was a, a big result for them. Um, and who, who else have we got? Uh, Foras have taken East Kilbride to a replay as well. That's mm-hmm. right, yeah. yeah that so was a Foras will be at home, so you'd fancy Foras to win that one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, good I mean, I was, probably from the Highland League in the third round. Yeah, oh, for sure. And although it wasn't a Highland League 
uh, victory as such. I was impressed with uh, Elgin beating Spartans 1-0. That was a, a late goal that, that proved the difference there. But I mean, when you look at Spartans' cup pedigree, yeah. um, I mean, that, that goes back several years. That goes back to, I remember when they, uh, they drew Livingston. That must have been about 12 years ago by now. Um, they, they drew Livingston Ouch. and uh, <laughs> lost 4-0 against them, I think. Um, that, was, that must have been almost the quarter-final stage, actually. But, um, it was pretty close. I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, they, I mean, that was that was the, their first kind of uh, foray into the latter stages. But they've mm. done it every every now and again, every maybe second or third season. You see a, a, a you know a surge from Spartans. And last season they beat um, they beat Morton, they beat Clyde. So um, I think it was Berwick that knocked them out eventually to set up a tie with Hibs. But uh, this time around, I, th- I thought. You know, Elgin have kind of slumped of late, and Spartans would would fancy their their chances in that game, and it sounded like quite a tense affair. But um, Elgin won it with a a late goal from Archie McPhee, so um, that showed a, a good level of strength, you know, mental strength to to come through a tense game and uh, you know see off the the threat of a, a pretty formidable lower league, uh, well, non-league uh, opponent. Right, so well, there was a, there was other results in the Scottish Cup, but we're not going to run through the wall because <laughs> there's quite a few there. I mean, I, I think the, the other one I was looking at was Brother Rangers lost two one to Elbrose, and we know about Brother Rangers having uh, been in the, the playoff last year. Last year yeah, that's year, yeah. Apparently, Elbrose took a, a good number of fans up to that one, and uh, again, quite a, a tight game. I think Elbrose uh, went one 0 up and Brother equalised early in the second half, but. I both quite quickly regained the lead and uh, obviously made a, a good job of that one. I mean, I think that's probably a key point, is that most of these games were pretty tight. I mean, the, 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 the biggest win in the, the second round was Aaron Athletic beating Berwick Rangers 4-1. But everything else is either a goal or maybe two goals in it. There was a couple of postponed games as well, like Fort William Cove Rangers was postponed, uh, Turf United yeah. and Fraserburgh was postponed as well. The two I mean, league games. Yeah, I mean, Inverary Local Works beat Edinburgh University 2 1 as well, was another. Yes, aye. So, yeah, um, I mean, yeah. Lothian, Thistle, Hutchins, and Vale. That's a big name. It aye. is, isn't it? Yeah, it's like two East clubs. Scotland League. Yeah. It used to be two clubs, didn't it? Yeah. Is that what it is? It's just two clubs that have just stuck together I think and kept so. both or, names. Hutchins and Vale are certainly a, a, they're a youth team. Yeah. Um, you know, you see so many of the you know Edinburgh players. Who go on to make it big, started their careers at Hutchinson Vale. You, you know, you, um, it's it's one of these kind of boys clubs that have, you know, been hugely successful in bringing through players that have gone on to big things. But um, yeah, yeah they got, sure they got the, they got the one each draw and one throws, so it's uh, still a lot of play yeah. for on that one. Absolutely, yeah. And the, the rearranged ties will be played this weekend. All all going well weather wise. Right, yeah. I know the Fort William pitch is susceptible to <laughs> not not being not being particularly uh, reliable for for games being on at this time of year. But uh, Cove will certainly be hoping to to get through that one. Um, you know, as hassle through as as they can. They've got a one hundred percent record remaining intact after uh, thirteen games in the, in the Highland League. So nice. Uh, <laughs> one to twenty two to one. From Saturday. <laughs> Aye, well, <laughs> put your house on it. <laughs> yeah. 
You're not worth that, is it? No. <laughs> right, so we, we, we've covered everything except the Premiership now, so let's go back and uh, well, we should probably start at the, the, the beginning um, with uh, Aberdeen. Have they stopped the rot or is the, the, the rot continuing? Because that's, that's now, what, five games without a win in the league? Well, maybe we're fortunate as well to come out of a draw as well, to be fair, with the saves that Ward had towards the end of the game. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, my one... understanding of the game from what I heard on the radio was Motherwell were probably the better team in the first half. Then Aberdeen get the lead. And were the better team after they took the lead for a, a decent spell until Motherwell then equalised and were maybe looking out to win the game. Um, Certainly Motherwell had the better chances. Yeah, I mean, it, looked, it, looked, it certainly looked that way in the highlights. But um, one of the things that the, the radio seemed to highlight was uh, how soft the Aberdeen free kick was. Now, I mean, it was hard to tell. It was somebody only looked at the zip for the Motherwell free kick, not the Aberdeen. But, uh, and, and there's only one camera angle, unfortunately, as well. But uh, I mean, I, I'm not entirely sure what Stephen Pearson did wrong. There was a suggestion it was a high foot, but then the Aberdeen foot looked higher at me. I was a bit confused as to why the free kick was given, but um, I, I know certainly that uh, Mark McGee was complaining about Adam Rooney having been offside. When, I after think he was complaining was about both issues, yeah, the free yeah. kick being given in the first place as well as the offside, yeah. Um, but then obviously McInnes was able to kind of you go back at him for that, you know, by, by saying that Reynolds' goal should have should have stood, um, yeah, the, which, which would have killed the game at, at the stage it was anyway. Yeah, that would have been at two 0 instead of instead of just one 0 But I mean, I mean, it was it was yeah. very hard to tell. So both managers scene. had grumbles. Yeah, I mean, there was one camera angle for it in sports scene. Pat and Evan had his, yeah. his, his had his magic line out, which was trying to indicate that yes, Rooney probably was offside. Uh, oddly, oddly, the the Reynolds one. I mean, Pat and Evan seemed to suggest that he was level, but I mean, it looked to me like the he was slightly ahead of the defender when the line was stopped. So. Uh, I, I oh, think well. they, they looked like two very tight decisions. So I mean, it's yeah, it's very difficult for us to sit here with the, the dodgy camera angle and tell the linesman he was wrong. So, well, exactly. Yes, I, the linesman. You know, it's quite often one thing that's levelled it to, um, you know, people that try to analyse things in studios is that they have the benefit of, of great camera angles that referees don't. But uh, I think this is one rare occasion where <laughs> the linesman had. Uh, Far better view than was afforded to the the sports scene panel because uh, I was very difficult to discern um, exactly what was what was going on with with what was what was there on on sports scene. Um, but I mean, it, it, it's it goes down as a disappointment for Aberdeen. There's no doubt about that, uh, particularly being a, a goal to the good. But um, on one sense, you know, it's it's maybe a positive that you know they were actually able to to withhold pressure that that came their way. Mm-hmm. You know, towards the end of the game, you know, where, where they perhaps haven't in, in recent weeks, you know, at least shows a little bit of resilience to to come away with something. Um, albeit it's it's a game against a Motherwell side who were toiling in recent weeks, and um, it, it's a game that would have gone down as being, you know, an, an important one to to be to be targeting all three points from. Um, I think Motherwell so, had a boost though with when McGee coming in, as opposed to Dundee United with Paul Lyon. Yeah, it's amazing the difference between the two, isn't it? I, mean, yeah. I, I, suppo- I suppose yeah, the difference is... had hard games as well. He's obviously had what Celtic and Aberdeen. Yeah, I, th- I think the, the major difference is Motherwell looked like a team that needed a change, whereas Dan United looked like a team that needed a clear-out. 
Jackie McNamara to me looked like a man. Yeah, I think I think Jackie McNamara looked to me like a man who was holding Dundee United together at the end. And as soon as he left, the they were another shambles under Dave Bowman. Uh, and I mean, like even even Max part of came out and said that after the game yesterday they were absolute rubbish. Aye, that that's the words he used. Yeah, said he said some some worse things as well. I heard he said some worse things to say as well. But uh, yeah, I'm, uh, so I think like Matt Demar, I think came across always at the end, uh, after games as a bit of a soft touch as if he was unwilling to admit the problems that Dundee United would as Pat Lyons come in straight away and said look we need to sort this out I think that would be the difference yeah. otherwise it'll be championship football and I, I agree but I think like I said Jack and Matt looked at a man that was holding Dundee United together and was doing his best to do that I think what might make the difference though is Max is going to come in bang a few heads together and maybe make a few changes now whether they'll be able to make any changes in January remains to be seen I know that was certainly mentioned in the sports scene but how often do Scottish teams manage to make big wholesale changes I don't think they're going to have the money to do it no but the other danger is I mean January is still quite a fair distance away and yeah. uh, you know the, the, the one danger is I mean just remember Terry Butcher um, you know obviously making it clear that several players weren't going to have any future at the club um, you know he might still have to, to rely on these players for, for some time yet yeah, and I'm, particularly if, if if there isn't a, a January budget afforded to him. Exactly, I mean, um, he needs to get to the end so, of the season, so he, Yeah, so although, you know, his, his statement of intent after the Celtic game maybe appeals to the fans, uh, you know, in, in, in saying it as it is, if you like, it might not be in his interest to be, to be kind of castigating them like that in public too often. Uh, yeah, um, I'd, I'd agree that you can't really castigate them in public. Oh, uh-huh. too often, but I think in this case it's the second game in. I don't think the Dundee United players have got any way to disagree with it. I think they probably know themselves. They want themselves down against Celtic. I know it was Celtic, and we can on a good day Celtic can thump anybody. And I, and I, I mean, I was digging out the stats book, but this is only the second time this season that Celtic have managed to hit the target more often than they missed it. And the other game was against their neighbours Dundee, who got thumped enough. So it seems it seems to be that when Celtic are on in the mid, you're getting thumped. Yeah, and it's not happened all that often. It just so happens it seems to have happened against the two Dundee teams. And uh, Dundee United, we, we certainly made the most of Dundee United in the mistakes. I mean, when, when you look at the, the Lee Griffiths goal when they were like, yes. the defenders trying to shepherd it back to the keeper and he I just nips in there and takes it. He just did. Uh, it was dreadful defending. Yeah, so uh, I think there was a lot of that from what I understand in the game. Just the, the Dundee United defence was at sixes and sevens and just yeah. but just weren't at the aces. We'll find out a lot about the, the, the Dundee United players next week, though, in terms of whether they react to what Pat Lyon said or whether they're. Yeah, whether I think so. Just... Well, I mean, the, the next game's a home game against Ross County, so it's it's going to be it's not going to be easy for them. It's going to be a difficult match. That will be difficult, but then what perhaps could be an even greater test of their their metal or their character is uh, when they play Hibs in the League Cup the following midweek, which uh, you know could be very very telling actually. You know when. I mean, you'd, you'd have to put Hibs down as favourites for that. For, well, I mean, but, you, 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 I'd agree because... I mean, like, Hibs have already dispatched uh, obviously oh, Aberdeen, who, 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 are, who are a better team than United, let's face it. So, I mean, if, if any Hibs have got an easier tie this round than, than the previous round, so they, and it was, they should it was almost very, be favourite. Really cl- close run between the two sides at the same stage last season. It was a penalty shootout that decided it in United's favour. So, um, you know, it's on that evidence, there's, there isn't 
you know, a great gulf between the the sides. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the only difference might be that Hibs have got a big game coming up at the weekend. Well, yeah. it's, it's United, all right, it's, it's, it's probably a big game for them because they are five points adrift at the bottom at the moment. I think every home, game's big for them yeah, just now. Yeah. But I don't think it's quite, maybe quite as big as Hibs, uh, Wilson yeah. Rangers. So. The, the, the other notable thing in terms of Dundee United is that, uh, well, I mean, the, the, the first goal and the, the fifth goal um, stood out as being horrendous, but um, <laughs> they, when, you know, out with their control, Partaker now starting to pick up points here and there. I mean, they they won last week. They they got a, a draw this weekend. Um, they they seem to have found a little spark somewhere, and uh, that's just mounting. Yeah, I think the, the fact they've pressure. started scoring goals has made a big difference. But uh, there's, there's there's something odd happening at Hamilton. They seem to play better when they go down to ten men. Are, are they doing yes. the, are they doing the, the Robbie Nielsen training or something? They weren't the only ones <laughs> at the weekend though. Aye. There was a few teams could do it at ten men and get good results. Yeah. Well, I mean, both both Highland teams were guilty of, uh, of being beaten against ten men. Yeah. Um, yeah. True. I mean, uh, I think the the Hearts one would be. They were a goal up. They were, the they time, were a goal no. up at the time that they went. Uh, they went down, but they still got the second goal after they went down to ten men. Hamilton That's got the right, equaliser yeah. after they went down to ten men. St Johnson got the one, the late winner after they'd been down to ten men. It was it's very interesting that. that what, I think it was John Hughes I heard saying it, but there's this belief that it's harder to play against 10 men, which I've never quite understood. I think it's easier yeah. to get complacent when you're playing against 10 men. Yes, aye. But that's, that's you know, his own team's doing rather than, yeah. you know, St. Johnson being any better. Um, I, I suppose it can it can have a psychological effect, but uh, in terms of the, the logistics uh, in and around the pitch, you know, I, I don't think it can tactically be of any help. Um I mean that that wasn't the game I was at. I was down at Tynecastle myself, um, and on, you know from that match, it made very little difference to the way the game was going. County were uh, were by far the second best team in the in the first half. Um, Hearts just grabbed control of the game with uh, Patterson scoring a. A screamer in the first half. Yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't waiting to see if it was that uh, free kick against Nicholson because was was he two was a two men that they uh, took him out. Yeah, they made an absolute hash of it because yeah. uh, I mean one of them would have you know if, if one of them had left the other one to it then you know a stronger contact would have been made with the, the ball but they ended up sort of tackling each other. Mm-hmm. It was uh, Richard Foster and Andrew Davis, um, and the ball kind of just broke loose for for Patterson to. Welly it into the corner. It was a great strike, and I was right behind it, so I was able to follow it straight on its way in. But um, yeah, after that, Hearts just looked really comfortable. Um, County looked a, a shadow of the side that, that beat Aberdeen in, in their last outing. Um, they got the, the lifeline early in the second half, but you know their performance continued to be to be flat and uh, just lacked a, a little. A little bit of penetration thereafter, so they, they missed a bit um, of shutter towards the end of the game, right enough. For, yeah, Cumberland uh, was guilty of a real, really bad miss late, late on. But by that time, they were two 0 down. Yeah, I don't think but, it made uh, too much difference the result, but I think it just two no. one maybe looked a wee bit better than two 0 But yeah, um, but whatever. It... There was a, an incident that summed up their their day. It yeah. was certainly Curran's miss. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what did you make of the red card, though? Do you think it was a? Do you think that was an obvious goal scoring opportunity? I know you said they were about uh, Alan Muir maybe getting all the decisions right, so I can probably yeah. guess what you're going to say about yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, my my my, um, my thought was that it was a red card because I think, although there was a 
you know, there was a covering defender. That, that's the thing more. I had the problem. Maybe there was a covering defender there. It's not but, quite an obvious goal scoring opportunity, but yeah, but but one more one more touch and Boyce is in the box. Yeah, and, uh, he's very much a shoot on sight kind of attacker. I know he missed a lot of chances against Aberdeen, but you know his record this season is very good. Um, and I, I would have fancied him to, you know, if he'd got a sniff of that that ball in the box, I'd, I'd have really fancied him to to stick that away. So, um, you know, I, I just think he was he was making good progress, and um, you know his close control was, you know, I think would have been good enough to kind of take the ball away from from you know any attempt the, the covering defender may have made. So, um, I, I sensed goal scoring danger uh, when when Boyce was bearing down on goal there. And, I felt that, uh, that Augustine took him out at, uh, at quite a crucial time. So, yeah. We probably got ready to tonight. All red cards out were correct. Uh, previous on Saturday, on the weekend. Yeah, do you, do you think it was? Do you think it was as well, John? I got three red cards at the weekend, but all. Yeah, don't think there was much debate about the Dave McKay one. You know? <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I was I'd like good. him. I like him. It was quite good that uh, they had Keith Lazlo in the studio as a, an expert. <laughs> like an attack. An expert, aye. <laughs> yeah, but no, and then the boy at Hamilton as well. That was correct as well. Uh, it, was a, yeah. it was another one that was an obvious goal scoring opportunity, but I, I think this is one I would probably question as well, because for me, the, the, the Thistle player's facing the wrong way when he gets taken out. It doesn't look like he's going to turn all that quickly, and his other defender's rushing back, so it's probably more more obvious that he's the last man, but then that's not the rule. The last, no. it's, it's, it's goal scoring opportunity, and I'm not entirely convinced. I think... I think both the Aki's one and the Hearts one are ones if he'd given a yellow card instead of a red card, I don't think they'd give him too much complaint. But, Not too much of a grumble, no. But having given the red card, it's it's one they're both kinda of very borderline. They're, they're kinda of, it's down yeah. to the referee's opinion basically. So I, I don't think I can certainly see the argument against yeah. it, uh, the Augustine one. Uh but, you know, it's um, something that, you know, even if the county fans had grumbled about it being just a yellow then the fact it was a red and they weren't able to take advantage of it, you know, just sums up how how poor their performance was. Because the, I mean, you, you look at the defending for the second goal, um, quite how Osman So was able to squeeze that in. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. it's long legs. Well, it was a great yeah. it certainly was. Yeah, it was just a, a combination of you know goalkeeper not managing to smother the ball, and I think Chris Robertson was the nearest defender who you know was. You know, looked as if he was in a position to to clear it, and you know neither of them were able to do that. So, not bad day at the office for County, but you know, they've got a quick chance to to redeem them, redeem themselves uh, tomorrow night. I suppose so, the only game we haven't talked about is the, the Dundee Kilmarnock game because that's Kilmarnock have certainly turned things around. And I mean, it, they won two one. It was a bit narrower than. The, some of the, the the reports I heard suggested Kilmarnock were easy winners, but I mean there was there was one save at right at the end for the Kilmarnock keeper which which, which won them a game obviously. Which I yeah, think was that's an right. Yeah. So well, fantastic. Yeah, they've certainly turned things around. I mean they they were they were easy relegation candidates at one point, and now they're they're only a couple of points behind St Johnson. Yeah, I mean did they not lose their their well two of the first three home games of the season were were four 0 defeats. Yeah, including one at Dundee. Yeah, that's right. And now they're actually one point away from Dundee. Yeah. No, it's been remarkable. It's been a good tournament. Because I I actually watched them. I wasn't on the show last weekend. Um, I wasn't able to make it last weekend. But one of the games I was at last last week was was down at Kilmarnock when they they beat Inverness. And um, 
I thought Josh McGuinness that day just looked like a new man from the, the guy that I saw come through uh, with Aberdeen in the early part of his career. Yeah. Just looked looked like he was transformed in terms of his, his link-up play. He, he was laying the ball off. He was you know winning headers and flick-ons and you know proving to be a goal-scoring danger. Um, he's playing with a lot of confidence just now, given you know he's he's part of a triumphant Northern Ireland side, but he's managing to to sustain that at club level as well. And you know he's he's fast becoming a you know very very dangerous player in in this league. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was almost a you know a slightly ridiculed figure back back when he was playing for Aberdeen, but he's he's certainly commanding a lot more respect now in a. Kilmarnock team. He's, he's the, I would say he's the pinnacle of the Kilmarnock team just now. Certainly the the form player. It's funny. So, I never uh, I never quite understood why he was in such a, why he didn't do better at Aberdeen because any time I saw him play for Aberdeen against Celtic, he always seemed to be getting on the, go- on the score sheet. When yeah, Pat played at Aberdeen. He had a he wonderful like game. Games up front. He had a wonderful game at Parkhead. I remember when. Um, well, it was a wonderful game for the neutral. It was a four-three. The win. Samaras overhead kick, wasn't it? Yeah, because ah, he he get he get two of the three goals. That's scored right. That day. Ah, yeah. oh, he, he was fantastic that day. Yeah, that, that, that's probably one of his. That best was one of his best performances. Yeah, I would think ah. so. But I, I, I don't think that was the only time he ever played against. Uh, ever performed against Celtic. So yeah, he was always a name. I thought I, I would I would be a bit more worried if he was in the Aberdeen team than if if he'd played somebody else. But. But yeah, he's I never had to, for him. And then was he on? He was on loan at St Mirren, was it last? Yeah, he was on loan at St Mirren. Aye, but he seems no. to. Have, he certainly seems to have found a new lease of life at Kilmarnock, and obviously the influence he's got from uh, qualifying for Euro twenty sixteen in Northern Ireland done him a lot of the yeah. good this season as well. Because like it's almost like Kilmarnock's uh, rebirth this season has has come. Off the back of Euro 2016 qualification for Northern Ireland, <laughs> it's a yeah, it kind of has actually, yeah, because McGuinness has scored in his last three games now, is he? I think so, yeah. Kelly, I want to form team in your league now, though. Last six yeah. games, you've got 13 points. That's fantastic for him. Yeah, it's amazing just the difference in in the moods around there. You know, with Gary Locke having been under a bit of pressure at the start of the season, he's probably one of the safer managers in the league. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I, although I can't think who would be the next dodgy manager in the league. I don't think there really is one at the moment. Parley no. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe McInnes, you never know. <laughs> Hartley. Maybe might think he not not in danger though, but I wonder whether he might end, if he got an offer down south now he'd be tempted to go. They might yeah. be. If the offers were there, mind you. Cause yeah, Dundee don't seem to be going anywhere, so I don't really see them picking up anybody. Obviously, Tommy Wright signed a new deal. Uh, John Hughes is certainly one that's his contract is up still up there in the season. Yeah, that's I mean Hughes is so, Hughes is a one that, that that's kind of yeah, there's the fact his contract's up at the end of the season is still hanging over him. So yeah. and Inverness aren't really clicking this season either. So there's that. No, maybe. no, but so it's I'm, not really as rosy as it you know ought to have been, given that there's you know let's let's remember. That Scottish Cup triumph was only five months ago. Yeah, they, they are still the Scottish Cup holders. So it's, ah, it's, it's, it's feels a very, feels a distant memory almost. Yeah. But I mean, fun enough. I mean, I mean, John's joking about it, but the team that's having the worst time is probably Aberdeen. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, that, there's, so. there's certainly no doubt that Derek McInnes is in any danger. No, that's, no. that's not a chance. I was being flippant there. McBookie, yeah. um, I've got Archibald as favourite. Yeah, I, I suppose he's. Post. Aye, but be, Gary Locke's still in danger. They reckon it's Gary Locke's still in danger. Archibald's yeah. three to one, Gary Locke's four to one. 
Right. Yeah, I, 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 suppose, I, don't, I don't even see Archibald as being a bit of, uh, He seems to have got part of Thistle going again, so it's kind of. Well, yeah. I, I, I suppose they've had another bad, couple of bad results for Thistle. I've done the United started catching them, maybe, but. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they can all make it take it away from Christmas now, anyway. So. Maybe it'll be Mixie, you never know. If oh, Mixie doesn't turn it round, then. <laughs> Mixie will just do it up with three or four games and go, nah, you know what? He's not bothered. See <laughs> Just resign. Well, um, him and McGee are 14-1 to 1, even though they've just not long taken over yeah, Madness One thing we didn't touch on uh, we should probably look at this because uh, Celtic were 5 points behind Aberdeen just after uh, Aberdeen beat Celtic and then Hamilton but they're now 4 points clear going into the the big game at uh, Celtic Park on Saturday lunchtime between the two teams so uh, yeah. regardless of what happens in that game Celtic will still be top of the league but which is a, a one hell of a turnaround but for all Celtic are doing well domestically it's just not happening in Europe again no did you see the the, the Wilder game on Thursday watched night? it live yeah yeah it was um, it's just a, a horrible night really wasn't it I mean it was um, depressing it was seriously I mean it's the same old problems that Celtic have had in, in several games now it's like but we don't seem to take chances when they come, if they come at all. But more importantly, there's silly defensive error after silly defensive error. And we keep chopping and changing defence, which doesn't help. I mean, when you look at the likes of young uh, Kieran Tierney, he, he played against Fenerbahce a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he got man in a match against Dundee United in the stadium yesterday. He, he, he seems to be coming into a bit of form. He's a youngster that people are excited to see coming through the team. And yet, when Azaghari was free suspension, we put him straight back in the team, and he was just sweeping for the second goal. Mm-hmm. Which, it's not as if nobody's agreed. No, it's not. It's not as if it's the first time that has had a, a bit of a bad performance. But he wasn't. I mean, I, I, I could pick an Azaghari, but to be fair, he wasn't the only one. Another Boyata pass went astray, which led to the first goal. Uh, but possibly the biggest first of all was when Chris Commons put the ball on, and then forty seconds later, Mulder restored the two-goal lead. Yes. Just it was just there was just no defending whatsoever. It was like Mulder could have easily won that game by more than they did at times, and I don't think they they, they almost looked like they were toying with Celtic at times, which is is galling to watch. And they weren't even that really good a team, to be honest. No, that, I mean, that's the thing. That I, mean, I would I would I would say uh, Malmo were probably in the, in the same kind of bracket. It's they're a, they're a reasonable team. There's yeah. no superstars in the team, but they play well for each other and they take their chances when they come. And they had a game plan. That's that. They had a better game plan than Celtic did. Which, I mean, I'm not even sure Celtic had a game plan. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't, but there's too many times that Celtic have gone out in Europe and half the team's underperforming. And it obviously came ahead when uh, Chris Commons was subbed off. Now, although I'm going to wholeheartedly agree with the sentiment of Chris Commons and that Commons is probably one of the more effective players for Celtic on the night uh, and the likes of Stefan Johansson was completely anonymous and useless to then take Commons off was a bit galling however there's a time and a place <laughs> you can't let fly at your managerial staff like that in the middle of a game and to be fair Commons has come out and apologised since and I think yeah. Ronald Dyla even appreciates his passion so I, th- I think he probably gets a pass in that one, but he's not going to get to get it, do it again. Yeah, that's... Team with him, it? Of late, yeah, I would agree. I mean, last season there was all the calls, oh, I can't believe Chris Commons isn't playing. And then, But I think the difference that last season was Stefan Johansson was a player of the year, and he was playing like it. This season, Stefan Johansson just hasn't kicked the ball. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, I would have Chris Commons in that position instead. Now, at the weekend, he dropped 
uh, Stephanie Hansen and beside Scott Brown and, and a bit near giving your beard on an S. So Chris Commons played in his more natural position and surprise, surprise, scored a cracking goal as well as a penalty. But uh, I, I, for me, Chris Commons is a man that should be playing that position and not Stephanie Hansen. Yeah, my my feeling on that was, I mean, I I, I agree. I thought Commons was out of order to do it in that way. Um, I mean, I could I could understand why he was annoyed. I could certainly, you know, I could I could understand that. But uh, I mean, he's not. We're not talking about a a daft young lad here who's just lost the rag and thinks he knows it all. Um, a very experienced player who mm-hmm. who ought to know better in that situation. Um, I think the difficult, just, the difficult thing is there's so many among the Celtic support. I can email. Even at the time, I was raging that they'd went for that decision. I couldn't believe it. But let's like say that you need to be a bit more professional than that, and there is a time and a place. Because I think that's what he was trying to point out to the the rest of the bench, wasn't he? He was pointing up towards the the fans. Yeah. As if to say they get they get it. You know, they they understand. And and that that for me was probably the most telling thing of all was if the, like, that yeah. decision was booed by the Celtic support that travelled over there and they, we're talking about a Celtic support that were freezing cold and drenched and, uh, they, they travelled another way to watch Celtic have yet another European capitulation. So it gets subbed a lot, doesn't it? No comments. Yeah, uh, he got subbed again on Sunday, didn't he? he did, did, I, he, last a full game. Well, maybe it's a, maybe it's a fitness issue there. Well, it's, it's possible, but I mean the. You can you can allow for a fitness issue when you're three and four nil up, or you're you're like you're the rest of the team's performing. But that just wasn't the case on Thursday night. There was nobody else in that team was even worth it. To be honest, I don't think Chris Commons was playing all, partic- all that particularly well. But he certainly looked like the most li- likely in the team to do something. And there was half a dozen people you could have taken off before him that would have maybe changed the game. So yeah, that's uh, we'll, we'll probably leave it there because to be honest, I'm. Still raging about Celtic on Thursday night. Do you think uh, where, where, where does that leave Celtic's uh, Europa League campaign? Is it is it really down this hanging on tenterhooks now? Um, no, I don't think I don't think it's as bad as some people are making out. I think yeah. First, first, first and foremost, we have to beat Mould at home now. If we can beat Mould at home, that puts us back in a, a fairly decent position. We've already shown that we. Uh, we can compete with the likes of Fenerbahce uh, <laughs> and Ajax uh, in the two games we've, we've played against them. We've got Ajax at home. I mean, uh, That's the fifth game after, after the, the molded home game is the fourth game. If we can take six points out of six for home games, we're in a much better position. And we're sitting there with, what, eight points if that happens? And then you're looking at going to Turkey uh, to try and get something, I would imagine. A point in Turkey would be would be a, a good result, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we've made a run for running back, and I think we do have to take six out of six for the home games. But yeah, that, that, but that's nothing unusual. It's like you, what you're looking to do is is win your home games where possible and see what you can get away from home. And I think allowing from perhaps one lip. Yeah, and, and, and hopefully and, that's behind. <laughs> hopefully, yeah, and I think that's that that's still the position Celtic and we do still have two home games out of three to play. Um, it was disappointing to get a draw against Fenerbahce at home and probably should have beat them but yeah. it's, it wasn't a disaster it's certainly it's going to be difficult to beat Mulder and Ajax at home but I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility it's just going to take better performances than we've shown so far If Mulder win and Ajax don't win then Mulder go through Yeah I mean that's, that's, so that's, 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 that's a massive game for them but 
Well, we'll see what happens because I think Ajax aren't exactly in the greatest positions because Fenerbahce no. get the late winner in that game. That's know, right, yeah. I know certainly there was talk of, even though we were getting beat because that game was nil nil, it was almost it almost wasn't quite as bad, but then obviously Fenerbahce so that, that changed the, the makeup of the group a bit. But I, I, I don't quite, I don't think it's quite lost yet, it's just it's going to be difficult. But uh, it all comes down to that Mulder home game, and uh, it's, it's not next week. But it's not this week coming; it's next week because it's, 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 it's a week on Thursday. So it's not. I think that's the other problem is we've got we've got games we've got big games coming up. I mean, we do have the the League Cup game at Tynecastle on Wednesday night. We've then got Aberdeen at home, which is obviously a big game in the league. We've then got Mulder on Thursday night. It's uh, it's taking away nicely. I think we're I think game after that's up in Ross County. That's right, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's so well two weeks on Sunday, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Dingwall's never an easy place for Celtic to go. No I say that. I think I think I think the last time we actually went up there it was a decent one, but was that a uh, game there or were two last season. One was quite a gritty one nil in January, but the first one Oh it was the first was yeah, okay. Five nil. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was very convincing. Yeah. Four nil up at half time, I remember, and uh, I was yeah. just cruising in that match. That was that was one of those games where Stephanie Hansen was brilliant. Which yeah. made a big difference. So uh, yeah, there's, it's, right. there's, there's certainly a, a tricky period coming up for Celtic girls. It's kind of interesting from the Ross County point of view. I suppose we'll probably save the, the banter for <laughs> for closer to the time. But uh, yeah, the Jim McIntyre kind of changes his style for games against Celtic, where where he doesn't really against anybody else. But uh, you know, he kind of in that first five nil match, he, he he kind of approached it like any other game and they got a bit of a, a chasing so yeah, uh, I think ever since then game. Yeah. ever since then the games between the, the two have been a wee bit closer so uh, but yes we'll we'll save that for much closer to the time yeah should we move on to a league cup game I was going to say yeah we'll probably move yep. on actually because Ross County have got a big game himself on Tuesday night it's uh, well, the have got the better of the recent record, haven't they? They do, yeah. By far the superior Derby record. They've, um, I mean, John Hughes has um, been in charge of seven um, games in well, Derby matches, um, and he's uh, he's only lost one, which was his first one actually. Uh, the last one, County one, that was in uh, on New Year's Day. 2014 at uh, Caledonian Stadium. Um, it's actually it tends to be Dingwall where Inverness have got the the better record though. They um, they tend to win up there. Whereas last season, um, two two draws in in Inverness. So um, there is a feeling that County are perhaps due a, a wee a wee break against Inverness. Uh, I, I mean the the thing is they they were probably favourites going into the the game earlier this month in the league uh, but Inverness you know at that time mm-hmm. looked to have turned a, a wee corner and, uh, and, and and you know they they came up with a, a really good victory that day uh, to continue their derby domination but I think I, I, I would probably go with County this time again um, both teams are coming off defeats of course but um I mean, there's been something a little bit flat about Inverness since the international break, both at Kilmarnock and against St Johnston at the, the weekend. Um, whereas County, I think you could put their performance against Hearts to down to a combination of, of them having an off day and them facing a really good Hearts team who, who were just simply better on the day. Um, 
so I think uh, I think it, it won't take too much for County to rediscover their touch. And uh, yeah, I fancy them to to triumph tomorrow night. It'll be an interesting one though. They're nineteen to ten to win. Are they? Okay, aye. That makes them could go all the way though. Uh, no, Inverness are twenty nine to twenty. Are they? All right. That, I mean, that that probably is down to their their better derby record. But uh, I mean, Inverness have got a really stretched squad at the minute as well. They were only able to name five subs at the weekend. Um, like nine players that were missing for for that game. Um, Struggling for goals as well, aren't they? Yeah, season. yeah, they are. I mean, they they brought in Miles Story on loan from from Swindon, and initially he hit the hit the ground running, four goals in his first five games. Um, hasn't found the net in his last couple of outings, but uh, he's been, you know, a decent find for them at a time when they were struggling for goals because, um, you know, some of their their early signings in the summer. Danny Lopez, for example, just hasn't worked at all. So, um, yeah, I mean, I mean he's, he's one that, that does pose a, a real danger tomorrow night. But, um, I mean, Ross Draper's touch and go, which would be a huge loss if, if he wasn't to make it. He's, he's become a really important player for them in the in the kind of holding midfield position. Um, other players that, that might miss out are, uh, I mean... Gary Warren's definitely out. Uh, Richie Foran seems to have had another kind of lapse of his knee injury. Um, Dean Brill's a long-term injury. You know the, the goalkeeper. Um, they are really struggling in terms of personnel, but uh, yeah, the, like I say, I think, I think County are, are due a due a wee turn, particularly with Inverness having gone all the way in the Scottish Cup last season. Yeah. I think that'll have whetted the appetite for for County to to go and emulate that. Could be on a match tomorrow night. Get Greenock, Barton, and St Johnson. Yep, as well. The, two years ago, if I remember rightly, when uh, the, the round after Morton had beat Celtic, they went out and got thumped off St Johnson. Well, Morton. Ah, yes. Morton haven't beat St Johnson in the last ten games, and also Morton have lost their last six uh, League Cup meetings with St Johnson as well. The so last we, time they beat St John's was 2006. So St John's and Banker, then. Well, that's what it looks like. I mean, if you're if you're St Johnson or Morton, or indeed if you're Ross County or Cali Thistle, or if you look ahead to next week, Hibs or Dundee United, any of these teams are going to be looking at this draw and thinking, yeah, let's. This is a real chance to get into a semi-final where we know that one of Hearts or Celtic is not going to be there. Um, it, it really has the potential to open up um, and provide a kind of clear path towards the maybe not a clear path, but you know, a, a, certainly a, a pathway that uh, can open up towards you know getting into a final. Um, I think there's a, a real incentive to, to yeah. go and, and get into that. I, 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 and you would imagine that the well, five out of the six are probably hoping that Hearts can win that game because the other ones have, and they'll never hope that Hearts win in. Yes, so you've, got, you've got apart from Celtic, you've got six to one and above on anyone to win the cup. Ross County could be good at twelve to one. Yeah, I, I, I really fancy them as an outside bet, definitely. They're, for, uh, they're actually forty to one for the Scottish Cup as well. All right, which could be a good punt. Right, always good to bear that in mind. 
Well, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. And the, the, well, we'll see how three of the games go this week because obviously the Habs done any games next week. But uh, yes, but yeah, so that's we'll see the Highland Derby live on the telly, of course. Yeah, five past seven kickoff on BBC. Just in case anybody thinks it's a seven forty-five kickoff and matches forty minutes ah. of the game. That's fantastic from a deadline point of view. It gives me an extra 40 minutes to get everything <laughs> submitted. So. Unless uh, it goes to extra time and penalties. Don't say that. Please don't, don't say that. Aye, I'm in fact, it goes to extra time and penalties. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think fact, as a neutral observer, yes, we do. Well, maybe maybe be able to make it in for the first edition of the paper, but uh, we'll, we'll see how we go. <laughs> All right, so that's, that's the midweek games. Uh, so we'll move on to the, the, the weekend games because we do have uh, the six fixtures and somebody needs to tell Craig it's not a three o'clock kickoff Celtic Aberdeen the predictor says it's three o'clock oh dear dear <laughs> me right it is of course a half twelve kickoff at Celtic Park live on the telly box uh, it's a biggie can Aberdeen finally uh, end the, end the, the winless streak that they've had well suit us better though I think playing at Celtic Park because the thing is the problem we've got is that we're in a period where we're struggling to break, struggling to break down teams yeah. whereas at Celtic obviously we'll have a bit more chance of kind of breaking the counter where I think we're more effective when we get in the haze possibly yeah. I think it should be a decent game and uh... Celtic will be thirsty for the Avengers Bell I think yeah no, I'm interested to see which defence we'll play last week, right enough. Well, Sabinovich played yesterday, didn't he? He played, he played yesterday. second right. appearance. Played the right, had a decent shot as well. But it's, hard to tell, right, it's hard to tell how good he is, because I don't think he was tested much against no. Sunday night. Oh, as a defender, I've no idea. He played, like, to be fair, his first game in, in, when he played in Europe, he played pretty well. So I don't think well, That was in the Ajax game, wasn't it? Game, that, was yeah. his only pre- that was his only previous appearance, I think, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, and he defended pretty well in that game. I don't, I don't think it was in either draw, but... Yeah, like you say, it just wasn't tested against Dundee United. So it's hard to tell. Certainly, if he plays against Hearts on Wednesday night and plays against Aberdeen on Saturday lunchtime, he'll be, he'll be tested a lot more than he was yesterday. So, uh, interesting to see as well how Aberdeen line up. Whether we go for a repeat of how we lined up early in the season against Celtic. There's been a lot of kind of shuffling in the park with Aberdeen this season. Yeah, there I mean, certainly has been since that game. Just in terms of McInnes trying to manage the squad, and uh, it's something that uh, perhaps. You know, sometimes you can have a a team, a first eleven that picks itself, and that can that can be of benefit. You know, in a way, when you've got a small, tight squad. Um, whereas, you know, sometimes the the temptation can be there to tinker around with things to try and manage the squad, and you know, keep more players happy, give them more game time, um, and ultimately, it can sometimes prove to be to be wrong. I mean, I think the best example of that with with Aberdeen in recent weeks would be McInnes playing Josh Parker up at Inverness yeah it was a weird one wasn't it that, that was one that just didn't work at all um, but one that did pay off was playing Good Willie against Hearts so yeah um, you can you can see it both ways but it certainly you know I think he tried to go back to basics against Motherwell and by all accounts you know in terms of the, the performance after the after the opening goal it, it looked a lot like how it had been beforehand, and uh, it was just missing that that killer second goal. I'd certainly have Shinny back in beside Jack in midfield. I know that's chopping it. I get changed it again, but I thought it was very effective in the the game early in the season. And I think Shinny does 
tend to cause all sorts of problems. So I think anyway you can use him properly would, would be a big bonus. I think yeah, I, I, I don't really see you playing much different from what you played in, in the previous game. I think maybe Reynolds will start rather because uh, he's fat. Yeah. Well, rather than, it was um, Paul Quinn that started yeah. the, the last game and obviously got the winner. But uh, yeah, I would imagine it will be Reynolds pretty much instead of instead of Quinn from that game. Could Willie again up front? Possibly. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, Rooney Rooney hasn't tended to play that well against Celtic. Um, you know, in the in the past, it's it's not been his kind of. You know, it's not been a team that he's thrived against. He's, he's you know, he scored the penalty to equalise in the in the last game, and he did score in the you know he scored a kind of close range tap in in one of the games at Petardry last season as well. But in terms of leading the line, he's not been that effective. He, he certainly you know cut quite a lonely figure in the the four 0 defeat in March. Um, but as good Willie, you know, he can, he's shown us. All what he can do really with his, you know, attacking link-up play, his hold-up play, and uh, you know, stretch play a bit as well. Yeah, stretch um, our defenders a bit more. Prob- probably what's needed for for a game like this. Hopefully, McLean as well in behind. I think. Yeah. I still think that playing McLean deeper beside Jack just doesn't work at all. No, uh, I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought Paulet looked reasonably bright from the highlights, just missing. A few chances, didn't they? Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Uh, you know, obviously didn't have his shooting boots on, but at least he was getting into those positions in the first place. Could be um, a useful sub on Saturday, I think. But yeah, very much so. So before this turns into an Aberdeen podcast, you want to give us a prediction? <laughs> I'm going to sit the fence and say two each. Well, I'm yeah, I was going to go for a draw as well. I'm I'm going to say one-one. Yeah, I would go for one all as well. Right, oh, so much fence. Uh, unanimous. So. <laughs> I still don't think we'll back the draw, mind you, because no. we don't tend to do that. No. But if you were wanting to, the draw is four to one. Oh. Um, Celtic are two to five, and Aberdeen are thirteen to two. Nice one. Okay, so we'll move on to the three o'clock games, and we'll start off at Dana Dice with Dan United versus Ross County. And I am going to say that the absolutely nothing is going to happen with Mixus part of is morning, and I'm going to say two 0 Ross County. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what sort of reaction he gets because, uh, well, obviously he's got to wait for his League Cup tie. That's not until the, pre- the you know, the, the next week. So, um, yeah, I, um, you know, perhaps County will maybe. You know, depending on how tomorrow night's game goes, they might might be uh, might might have been an extra time penalties job, which might tire them. But they've mm-hmm. got the strength of squad to offset that. Um, yeah, I think I think they'll win that one as well. I think they'll win one nil, just a you know a tight a tight game, but one where confidence just uh, kind of gets the better of Dundee United uh, or lack of it. Should I should I say? I think the thing with Dundee United as well was even. In- uh, looking at kind of stats, see even at half time, they're not even in the, most of the games. They're losing at half time as well. Seven out of nine games, they've been losing at half time as well. So yeah. that needs to change. They need to try and at least go in half time. Can have a chance? Uh, will they get a reaction? I don't know. I, don't, I think this Dundee United teams get very little kind of fight about them. And maybe the players that do have any fight in them are maybe currently sidelined. Um, some of their better players. So I would favour County as well. Um, and I'll go for 2 0 at County. Nice. The odds are 13 to 8 for Dundee United. Draw is 5 to 2 in Bross County, and a very nice 8 to 5. 
That's that a is, nice one. That is very nice, yeah, that's very attractive. Alright, next up, Hamilton Ackies versus St Johnston. This could be quite tough. Yeah, that is a very, very close one to call. Yeah, yeah. what you say, well, it depends what St Johnston turn up. Also depends if Hamilton can keep 11 men in the park. That might make a difference. Doogie Amory is really good at scoring when they've got 10 men enough. So. <laughs> um, I, I might say a one each draw in this one. I... Now, this one, is this one at McDermott Park? No, it's, it's at New Douglas Park. New Douglas Park. Oh, now. I'm going to go for St. Johnson. I'm going to stick my neck on the line and just go for St. Johnson to grab a away a win. Uh, 2-1 for me. I would have, the last two away games in the league they've won, so. Yeah. And against good opposition as well. So, uh, yeah, I think maybe it could be three in a row as well. Uh, I'll go for Hamilton 1 St. Johnson 2 the odds in that game are Hamilton are 11-8 to the draws 5-2 to and St. Johnson are 19-10 alright next up is Inverness versus Dundee oh that's another hard one to predict it is indeed yeah this is the one I'm doing that, this, um, this is two teams with ups and downs all over the place so. yeah exactly I might just back a uh, one nil home win, I think. Although if you're going, yeah. hope it's better than that. <laughs> I will probably agree with that. Actually, yeah, yeah. I think um, I think they'll they'll get back to winning ways in the league. Um, yeah, let's let's see. Two nil. It's tough Dun- one though. Really tough one to call. Mm-hmm. Well, see Dundee's last sets of away games. It's gone one draw, loss, one loss, draw. So that shows you. <laughs> All over the place. Aye, Dundee's inconsistency. Yep. You can't call a thing there. No, and then no. Inverness at home, the one who actually had three losses at home in the, in the last six as well. They have, but they've they've won crucially against Hearts and Aberdeen at home. Um, yeah. they, they have been able to turn it on occasionally. Um, they have had some pretty painful defeats. That's Johnson won, obviously. Um, they lost against Motherwell on the opening day of the season, which uh, goes down as a, a bad one. And uh, they also lost against Hamilton. Um, so th- again, they've been just a you know, real, real inconsistency. A draw against Partick Thistle was was their other home game. So, oh, just you know, the definition of inconsistent on on both counts, really. I will go for one all on this one. Um, the odds on the match. Inverness 11-10, the draws 5-2 and Dundee are 5-2 as well. Right, next up is Kilmarnock versus Motherwell. This is difficult because Motherwell obviously got the decent result at Pododre and looked a lot better than they did against Celtic. every match this, this is difficult. It's really difficult because, I mean, Kilmarnock are in decent form. Um, I think Motherwell have got potential to take points off Kilmarnock here, but I'm, I'm going to have to go with Kilmarnock win. I think I'm going to say 2-1 Kilmarnock. My prediction is a 2-2 draw. A Desmond. A Desmond, exactly. Desmond 2-0. Desmond 2-2. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I, I noticed McGee certainly has gone back to what he was like with his first spell where he's playing three up front. He obviously had a lot of success with that first time round, so he's kind of doing that again. Uh, I'd be tempted to kind of go for a kind of draw as well. Uh, I'll go for a Desmond as well. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Um, the 
odds for this match: Kawaraki eleven to eight, the draws twelve to five, and Motherwell are two to one. Okay, and the final game on Halloween is uh, Partick Thistle versus Hearts. This is easy. I'm going two 0 Hearts. Oh, right. Okay. Teasers. Yep. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, three one to the Jambos for me. I think. Well, in the last four Hearts games, I've been under two and a half goals. So. I will side with Chris as well. I will, but I will go for. Mind you, I'm going to go for 1 0 though to Hearts, actually. The odds on the Hearts are 5 to 4, the draws 5 to 2, and Party of are 21 to 10. So maybe a wee Ross County Hearts double might be. A wee Ross tasty. County Hearts double at the moment, £10 and that would pay £58.50. Goodness me, that's very tempting. Two away wins, nice. Because right. if I look down the leagues, mind you, Forfar could be quite good at five to six at home to Brecon. Though right, obviously Forfar suffered a pretty bad result at the weekend. They did a derby encounter though. I mean, that, that, anything could happen there, but uh, Brecon are way down the table, aren't there's they? The, there's too many derbies going on for all Because like, kids, like you say, Cowden based on Fairland, we've got Elbin Rovers, Queens it's... Park, and Clyde. Aye, uh, it's, it's, it seems to be Derby Day in the, the World Leagues, doesn't it? It does, aye. And Habs and Rangers. Aye. Cha- the Championship doesn't seem to be playing der- derbies, which is odd. <laughs> I mean, well, Dumbarton Morton. That's a wee... Across I suppose the Morton's big one, St. St. Mirren's though. Yeah, yeah mm. I know, that's that. It's, 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 there's not really anything that you can do. I, th- I think the Hearts-Ross County one is, is probably a good bet. It's just it's, it's a simple double... It's a reasonable yes. amount of money, even when you knock your steak off, it's almost 50 quid. No fancy forfer. No. Mind you, that's actually forfer's home, home record's not that great. Yeah, see, nah, Hearts was counting double, I think. What's air at home to Stranraer? See, you're just getting greedy now. <laughs> air, uh-huh. air, air are 9-10 to 10 at home to Stranraer. And air's home record's pretty decent this season. That's, a, that's another derby of sorts, actually. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I mean, not a little one as such. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's reasonable it's, uh, as far as Stranargo, I think. As, as far as Stranargo, it's probably what they'd consider to be a derby, mainly because the team probably have to travel through there for every home game. I think most of the Stranargo players are based in Glasgow, aren't they? Ah, uh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I think we should stick with a double. Unless you guys want, unless you guys want to throw it here, no, the double, well. double sounds good. Actually, I might replicate that perfectly. If you, <laughs> if you throw air in, I mean, my heart's in Ross County, ten pound, then pays a hundred and eleven pound fifty. Look at that! I think that's getting greedy. Oh, you usually, you're usually well up for the trebles. Ah, uh, but we've won in the last couple of weeks, so um, that's something. Be right. careful what you wish for. I'm going to leave this one up to you guys because if you want to go for a treble, we'll go for a treble. Well, I'll vouch for the double, but that's uh, I'll still with a double. We'll go with yeah. the consensus then. So we're we're we're, we're going to go for a double. That's Hearts Ross County. Ten pound on that is pence. Now we need a goal scorer. Now we need a goal scorer. Yep. Hmm. That's a rough. Do goal. we want to go that's back it. to the third one? Against Kevin Beast, not really. No. <laughs> no. Not really favour it. Who's playing Clyde this weekend? Queen's Park. Queen's Park, aye. Paul Woods got a few goals earlier in the season. I don't know if he's... I can't think of any other Queen's Park players right enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not really anything jumping out at me. Air United against Stranraer, maybe? 
Uh, you've got Moore. That's yeah, he's their top scorer. Jordan Preston's got a few as well, isn't he? Uh, he's got four. They kind of they kind of spread tend to spread the goals about a wee bit. Mm. Yeah. Maybe maybe Preston's due one then. Peter Hedder away to Stennis Muir. I wonder if McAllister's worth a, a shoot. <laughs> if it's not McAllister, it tends to be Andy Rogers, doesn't mm-hmm. it? I'm trying to think of guys that are likely to score first. That are kind of, like, they play for a team that's not got many goal scorers in their team. Back to it. Or Cardo, mind you. I don't know. See, I that's the problem. Been yeah, as much as Cardo's been getting more recently, from what I've seen. Uh, what about Forfa? Templeman's he still there? So, their top scorer is Daniel Denham. Can't say I've heard of him, but Danny Denham, aye. That's a bit of a struggle. Mm. I don't really fancy anything in the championship. I don't think. It's quite a lot well, of tight looking games there. The, the only thing that comes to me is Baird at Falkirk. He's been getting Falkirk's goals of late, and they're at home to St Martin. All right. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to a wee, a wee John Baird. Mm-hmm. A bit of beard. I think I think that's a good. I think that's a very good shoot. I mean, like the other obvious ones, but like he's like third top scorer, and the two guys above him are Wycorn and Cummins, and they play each other next week. So, right. Well, that could go either way. It you could. Know, that's that. Like, like, nah, you could put money on one, and the other will get a goal. But anyway, yeah. like, even like, if it's like Rangers and Hibs, they've got other guys that can get in on the score sheet as well. So, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't be surprised if neither of them scored at the weekend. Right. But I think I think I think Beard's might be a good shoot for Falkirk. Yeah, no, that, I'm I'm fine with that. I'm happy to go with John Beard. We'll go with that. We can blame you because that's if it doesn't come right, out. Uh, <laughs> I'll be on holiday anyway. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that should point out. I will not be on the podcast next week because I will be sunning. So, uh, so what do we do then? Well, uh, that's 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 yeah, for uh, that's for a uh, big surprise later on next week. So you just, right. yeah. just need to tune in and download the podcast to see what happens. Exactly. Because I'm not going to spoil it. Save the banner. <laughs> Save the month, indeed. Yeah. How is it a surprise? I think the surprise might be if there's any surprise at all. <laughs> the surprise might be there might not be a podcast. That might be that, oh. aye. See what happens. Alright, so I think that's us for another podcast, unless you guys have got anything else. Uh, just one last thing. Uh, I said I would mention one of our followers on the podcast account on Twitter, uh, Alcorta81, which is A L K O R T A 81. Um, in terms of he's doing some fundraising for I can't remember what charity it is he's got a Just Given page so if you follow him on Twitter or follow uh, SFS Podcast on Twitter and you'll get us we've retweeted that a couple of times yeah we've retweeted that a couple of times where's it gone it's Lymphona Association aye that's the one so he's raising He's fundraising for that charity, so if you can spare any change or anything like that, then I'm sure he'd be delighted with that. He's a regular listener. He's one of the yeah, you know, top guys for interacting with us as well. So good stuff. Just over there. Right. All the best. Best of luck with that one, Craig. And that one, yeah. And, um, I don't know what he's doing what, is it, what actually? What is it he's doing actually? <laughs> you don't really see us at all, have you? Oh. <laughs> I've just retweeted it. I thought, oh, he's a good guy. We'll retweet it. <laughs> uh, if you follow his page, you'll see what he's doing. <laughs> oh, he's in a half marathon in Lacaba. I'll tell you what, bugger that. <laughs> Aye.
and he's raised £380 so far of his £500 target. After a half marathon before that, it's a lot of training that goes into that to get in. So, aye, get hands in a pocket again yeah. for a good cause. Yes. Best of luck to him for getting in there. And uh, aye, definitely, definitely worth a, a few quid there, I think. So, aye, give us a follow, give him a follow. And do whatever you can. Alright, so I think I'm out of stuff to talk about. I need a holiday. What about you guys? Ah, uh, there will come a time, I'm sure. <laughs> do you get holidays during the season? in Europe next year. Yeah. Sorry? Maybe Ross County in Europe next season. You've got another European yes, trip. Uh, possibly, aye. Another one, yeah, that would be nice. Bad at all. Do you get a holiday at all during the season? Or do you yeah, no, I can take them through the season. Yeah, yeah um, Just get other reporters. There, there are two reporters based in Aberdeen, so... Um, they can cover one of the one of the games where need be. So uh, yeah, no, that's that's not a problem as long as I don't organise it for you know a Highland Derby or anything like that. <laughs> don't go hold it uh, tomorrow. Uh. No, no, absolutely, that would be quite disastrous timing. But uh, no, it's uh, reasonably flexible. Alright, well, thanks but, for coming uh, on, guys. Have a good one yourself, anyway, Chris. Well, I'm sure Hope I will. you enjoy your. Uh. It's hard not to have a good holiday, to be honest. Alright, so thanks for coming on, guys. Uh, hopefully, I come back and shut up, still top of the week. Well, I hopefully you come back. Oh, no, I was going to say hopefully you come back. The second part, you can, I don't want, but hopefully, I don't think you come back. Oh, That'll be good. Uh, ho- hopefully, I come back. Aye. Just leave it at that. Alright, uh, thanks for coming on, guys, and I will talk to you all again whenever. Remember. <laughs> right. Next month. That's like next weekend. (laughs) All right, let's go. Great. Cheers. Cheers. See you later.